I'm Lynn Barnes. And I'm Allison Hampton. And we're on The Village on XM15. It's nighttime in the big city. The city lights reflect off the Burnett River. Working girls share an inside joke. It's theme time radio hour with your host, Bob Dylan. Welcome once again to Theme Time Radio Hour. Got nothing to sell, nothing to promote. Just a good friend stopping by. If this was the golden age of radio, I'd tell you to gather the kids around the radio. But it's a new day, and everybody in the family has different interests. As a matter of fact, everybody barely spends any time together, even when they're in the same room. But this week, we're going to put aside an hour to examine the most important of units, the family As Thomas Jefferson put it, the happiest moments of my life have been the few which I have passed at home in the bosom of my family. Old TJ was a smart guy, so we're going to take a few ticks of the clock to look at heart and hearth. We'll look at family trees, family dinners, family planning, and family jewels. There'll be Dutch uncles, grandfather clocks, kissing cousins, sons of a gun, and maybe a couple of SOBs. It's all in the family. Let's get it going. Sometimes a family can be convoluted. Lots of different branches on a family tree. Here's a song where some of those branches converge by a country duo named Lanzo and Oscar. Those weren't their real names, of course. The real names were Lloyd George and Roland Sullivan. They used to be the opening act for Eddie Arnold. But after this song scored for them, they were headliners on their own. By the way... Alonzo is a slang term, kind of derogatory, for someone who lives in a rural area. So here's that hillbilly and his partner Oscar with a song from 1947 called I'm My Own Grandpa. You might want to get pencil paper out and take notes. It gets a little confusing. It sounds funny, I know, but it really is so. Oh, I'm my own. I'm my own grandpa I'm my own grandpa It sounds funny, I know But it really is so Oh, I'm my own grandpa Now many, many years ago When I was 23 I was married to a widder Who was pretty as could be This widder had a grown-up daughter Who had hair of red My father fell in love with her And soon they two were wed This made my dad my son-in-law And changed my very life My daughter was my mother Cause she was my father's wife To complicate the matter Even though it brought me joy I soon became the father Of a bouncing baby boy My little baby then became A brother-in-law to dad And so became my uncle Though it made me very sad For if he was my uncle Then that also made him brother Of the widow's grown-up daughter Who of course was my stepmother I'm my own 
It sounds funny, I know, but it really is so. Oh, I'm my own grandpa. Father's wife then had a son who kept him on the run. And he became my grandchild, for he was my daughter's son. My wife is now my mother's mother, and it makes me blue. Because although she is my wife, she's my grandmother too. I'm my own grandpa. I'm my own grandpa. It sounds funny, I know, but it really is so. Oh, I'm my own grandpa. My wife is my grandmother, then I'm her grandchild. And every time I think of it, it nearly drives me wild. For now I have become the strangest case you ever saw. As husband of my grandmother, I am my own grandpa. I'm my own grandpa. I'm my own grandpa. It sounds funny, I know, but it really is so. Oh, I'm my own grandpa. That was Lonzo and Oscar. I'm my own grandpa. And you may think things like that don't happen in the real world, but take the case of Bill Wyman, bass player for the Rolling Stones. On June 2nd, 1989, Bill was a spry 52 years old, and he married his 18-year-old girlfriend, Mandy Smith, who he met when she was 13. Bill's son, Stephen, was 28 years old and served as the best man. The marriage lasted 23 months and they were divorced in 1991. Here's where it got weird. In 1993, Stephen, Bill's son, who was then 31, announced that then he was going to marry Mandy's 49-year-old mother named Patsy. Hmm. Now this would have made Mandy her ex-granddaughter-in-law and Bill would have been where the wedding never happened, so I don't have to do all that figuring. But if it did, for starters, that would have made his son his stepfather, and it would have made his ex-wife his daughter. I guess they do things differently in England. Meanwhile, Jerry Lee Lewis gets in trouble for marrying his first cousin just because she was 13. Maybe I better not open this door. I'm not here to point fingers. Wait a second. I just can't let this go so easily. What if Bill and Mandy had a daughter, and who said they didn't? A few years later, Steve could have left Patsy for this daughter. He would basically have left his stepmother to marry his granddaughter. I really should have gotten a piece of paper and a pencil. Today, we have the smallest family unit in history and the least stable. Our divorce rate has greatly increased. Does this mean that the family as an institution is on the wane? In search of an answer, let us take a closer look at family life today, both on the farm and in the city. Caroline Dye was a conjure woman, a mistress of trickeration, a root worker, a putative hoodoo queen, and she's the subject of a song by the Memphis Jug Band. Will Shade wrote the song, and he sang a lead, along with Ben Ramey, Charlie Burse, and Hamborn Lewis on the jug. Will Shade had such a strong regional accent that it says Aunt Caroline Dyer Blues on the label. There's no R in the name, it just sounds that way by the way Will says it. He put the lyrics to the song to one of his old melodies, Newport News Blues, which was a song about World War I. That explains the line about a battleship in the middle of a song about a conjure woman. 
Let's give a listen to the Memphis Tech Band, recorded on May 29th, 1930, at Caroline Dyer Blues. was interviewed and he talked about Aunt Caroline Dye. Here's the man himself talking about her. She was a fortune teller, a two-headed woman. Could fix you so she'd call you, better come. She'd have to come and get you. That's the kind of woman she was. She had that much power before she died. White and color would go to her, bet on us. To be sick in the bed, she raised sick. Smart lady. She, she break all, all kind of spells you have. You could be walking like a hog or any kind of way. She could make you walk on two legs. That's the kind of woman she was. Ain't Caroline Dine. That was the worst woman in, in the world. He ain't nothing of his sense. Seven sisters ain't nowhere with Ain't Caroline Dine. That's the only woman coming here and broke the record with the voodoo. Will Shade laying it down with hoodoo. For happy fun, family style, take a tip. And keep your dial right here where you're listening This wonderful weekend with your radio 
Francis J. Child put together a five-volume work collecting English and Scottish popular ballads. These manuscripts and collected songs focus more on the stories, more on the words and the music. There's 305 of them. And like comedians, people who know a lot about them refer to them just by number. We're going to play one now, number 10. It's known by a lot of different names. Cruel Sister, The Bonnie Broom, The Wind in the Rain, and as it's called here, Two Sisters. Here's the Brenner family, or as they're known collectively, Clinard, with Two Sisters. There were two sisters side by side, sing I dum, sing I day. There were two sisters side by side, the boys are bound for me. There were two sisters side by side, the eldest for young Johnny cried. I'll be true unto my love, if you'll be true to me. Johnny got the youngest to gay gold rings, sing I dum, sing I day. Johnny got the youngest to gay gold The boys are born for me. 
That was Clannad with number 10, Two Sisters. This is Theme Time Radio Hour. We did a show about mothers. We did a show about fathers. We didn't want to leave the rest of the relations out because everybody's got a family, whether you want them or not. Winston Hubert McIntosh was born in 1944. He shortened his last name, just keeping the last syllable of it, and took the name Peter. And as Peter Tosh helped form the Whalers with Bob Marley. He was there from their first hit, Summer Down, and stayed even after Marley went off for his solo career. He was a brilliant singer and one of the best guitarists to come out of Jamaica. In the 70s, he began his solo career. You know songs of his, like Legalize It, Steppin' Razor, and probably his biggest hit was a cover of a Temptation song, Walk and Don't Look Back. He was a proselytizer with the healing powers of marijuana. He said that it dissipated anger, relieves many tensions, and eliminates frustration. He was kind of like the Dr. Phil of Ganja. Here's the Steppen Razor himself, Peter Tosh, warning you about marital relations between members of the same family.
That was Peter Tosh. You have to ask yourself, are you married to your sister? In 1987, Peter Tosh met a tragic end as a result of a gunfight. Farewell, Peter. The Olympics are a vocal group who are almost as confusing as Bill Wyman, his 18-year-old bride, his 25-year-old son, and his ex-wife's 49-year-old mother. They put out so many records under so many different names that it's hard to keep track of them. So I'm not even going to try. It's them doing a song that Louis Armstrong used to sing in 1923. Here are the Olympics in 1960, and I wish I could shimmy like my sister Kate. Or as Sean Connery would say, I wish I could shimmy like my sister Kate. you can actually do the shimmy to that song. The shimmy was a popular dance in the teens and twenties. It became a national craze when it was introduced in the Ziegfeld Follies Review. If you want to do the shimmy, you hold your body still, except for your shoulders, which are alternated back and forth in a shimmying motion, ergo the name. Some other dance crazes that were popular before the twist include the Texas Tommy, the Turkey Trot, and I was like the Grizzly Bear. In that dance, the music would stop, and the dancers would yell out, It's a bear! There was the bunny hug, the fox trap, which was invented by Harry Fox, the Charleston, the breakaway, the Lindy Hop, the Jitterbug, the Balboa, the Black Bottom, and the Conga. How many can you do? You know, people used to go into the studio when they had a song or two, when they had something to say. 
Nowadays, people just go into the studio because they got time to kill. They sit around, they order sushi, get some Starbucks, wait for inspiration to hit, and the records sound like that. There are some records that take two years to make, and you listen to them, and there's nothing on them. This record, I guarantee you, took less than two hours to make, and it wasn't even the A-side. You be the judge. What would you rather listen to? A whole record about nothing, or a 45 called Little Sister? Sister, Elvis Presley, written by Doc Thomas and Mark Schumann. This is Theme Time Radio Hour, where we're reminding you that families are like fudge. Mostly sweet, but there's a few nuts. It's kind of ironic. We're doing our family show, and this is probably the least family-oriented song we've ever played. It is not for the pusillanimous listener. So if you're listening with young children, please send them out of the room for a few minutes. Unless you're listening in the car. In that case, turn the radio down for a while. Here's Boozy Chavez. And the L.A. women love Uncle Bud. Uncle Bud's a heck of a man. Uncle 
name is Brown. What I like about a make a old man moan. Never been dick, the bird got corn and never been shook. The bird got a daughter and never been for a punk of bun. Big bitch, little bitch, climbing up the water. Some son of a bitch done fuck my daughter on the bun. Gonna come off with a pack on his back. He bring more cock than he can pack on the bus. Down in Louisiana, where the grass grow green, got more women than you ever see on the bus. The bird got this, don't the bird got that. The bird got a pecker like a big ball pack on the bus. Then right, then made him sick. The goddamn line, then do then a hold, then run his break on the bus. little bit of Zadko Wildness from Boozy Chavez. Boozy made a couple of records in the mid-50s, but he felt he'd been ripped up in the music industry, so he refused to perform publicly or record again until 1984. He spent his time raising championship resources in Shreveport and Lafayette. Do remember simply this. Treat the other members of your family with the same respect and cordiality you would show your most treasured friend outside the family circle. This does not mean you should be stiff or formal. With your own family, you can relax. Be yourself. Just be sure it's your best self. Not all members of the family are full of good advice. Some are just bad news, and they're going to get you in trouble, as in the case of this song by the Flamin' Groovies, a group formed in San Francisco by Cyril Jordan and Roy A. Loney. Not to be confused with another famous product of San Francisco, Rice Roney. Or the Slim Gaelic saying, Ryder Rooney. Here they are, the Flaming Groovies from their album Flamingo. Or as I like to call it, Flaming O, second cousin.
That was the Flamin' Groovies, and they're going to make their second cousin their first wife. We mentioned kissing cousins before. That phrase got its start down in the South, where it was about distant relatives who were well-known enough to be greeted with a kiss. Nowadays, it means marital relations between members of the same extended family. It's not that unusual. Lots of people marry their cousins, and this is one list we can leave Bill Wyman out of. Queen Victoria married her first cousin, Prince Albert. Charles Darwin married his first cousin, Emma Wedgwood. We told you about Jerry Lee, but what about Franklin D. Roosevelt, who married his fifth cousin, Eleanor Roosevelt? I think once you get up to fifth cousin, it doesn't count. Edgar Allan Poe married his cousin, and Jesse James courted his cousin, Zerelda Mims, for nine years, and finally made her his bride. 26 states allow first cousin marriages, and no European country prohibits it. It's also legal in Canada and Mexico. Leviticus 18 lists all forbidden sexual relationships. Cousin relationships are not included. He was the nicest 18-year-old cousin a girl ever had. She was the nicest 16-year-old cousin a boy ever had. As a matter of fact, they were loving cousins. Loving cousins. From time to time, they kept reminding each other they were cousins and weren't supposed to do things like that. It was all fun and games in the beginning. What fun and what games. Loving cousins, cousins are supposed to love each other, she said. The next artist, a part of the Mardi Gras Indian tradition, they called the Wild Tapatulas. George Landry led them, and he was known as Big Chief Jolly. Like a lot of people in New Orleans, he had a musical family. But his was exemplary. His nephews were the Neville brothers, and they backed up Big Chief Jolly's clan, or crew, on this album from 1976. Also on the album was Spy Boy, the name used by Amos Landry. There was Booker Washington, who called himself Trail Chief. Fly Boy was Carl Christmas. The third chief was Thomas Jackson, and Norman Bell was the second chief. With the Neville brothers as their rhythm section, they made a mighty sound. I'm going to tell you all about the Magra Indians after I play this song. Brother John, by the Wild Chapatulas. Shaka move me down here. If you don't like what the big chief said, you just shaka move me down here. Get my brother, 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 brother John is gone. Hey now, brother, 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 brother John is gone. Well, I remember the morning, remember it well. Brother John is gone. Well, I remember the morning, my brother John.
And there they go, the wild Tapatulas and Brother John. Mariwa came to New Orleans with the French settlers at the beginning of the 18th century. People who lived in the ghetto could never really participate in a typical parade. They started their own type of celebration. They started gangs or crews named after imaginary Indian tribes using the street names of their ward. These Mardi Gras Indians have existed since at least the mid-1800s. They used Indian names out of respect for the Indians who helped them escape the tyranny of slavery. Mardi Gras used to be a very violent day for the Mardi Gras Indians. It was the day they used to settle scores. It made sense. The police were really busy in the general Mardi Gras confusion and it was okay to wear a mask because everybody else was. Nowadays, though, the crews are not violent and use the event to compare tribal songs, dances, and the intricate feathered outfits they spend the entire year making. There's a film by Les Blank called Always for Pleasure that shows the wild Chapatulas creating their costumes and performing in them. And I'll tell you, as good as that record sounds, you gotta see what they look like. That, my friends, is what I call showmanship. This is Theme Time Radio Hour. We're talking about the family. All the folks that come to you asking for money. We got a lot of email, and luckily, one of them seems to be on the subject of today's show. It's from Melanie Whistler. She writes to us from Spokane, Washington. Dear Bob, the shows have been exceptional this year. I copy them and give them to my friends. I know it's illegal, but they really enjoy them. Well, Melanie, I'm complimented, but I can't actually condone that kind of behavior. She continues, Perhaps you can help me with the problem. My husband is stricter with our son than he is with our daughter. What should I say to him to make him be more fair? Well, Melanie, that's an interesting question. Parents shouldn't have favorites among their children, but quite often they do. You should forget about trying to convince him that he's being unreasonable. Instead, pose a couple of questions. Does he think his son needs stricter rules than his daughter? Is he perhaps remembering what he did as a child? And how is this strictness affecting the children? I think perhaps the best solution is to do more things as a complete family. Don't separate into small units or teams. The more things you do together, the more he will treat both children equally. I'm sure you guys will work it out and stop giving my shows away. While we're on the subject of sons and daughters, here's a song about an emotional lion squall. It's by the California band Rallo Kali from their album, The Execution of All Things. It's called A Better Son or Daughter.
I was a better son or daughter by Rilo Kali. You hear a lot of blues songs that mention the seventh son. People always wonder what that's about. It's actually the seventh son of a seventh son that has all the mystical powers. The number seven has always had magical associations. You can find it in the Bible in many places. You also have it in other cultures. The seven sieges, the seven sisters, the seven hills of Rome, the seven ages of man, seven stars, seven wonders of the world, seven league boots, 77 sunset strip, and many others. A person who's the seventh son of a seventh son has powers that are increased geometrically. Many cultures have their own version of it. For example, in Romania, the seventh child is fated to become a vampire. In Ireland, the seventh son of a seventh son is gifted as a healer. You know what? I'm just going to say seventh son now on for time's sake. In England, that seventh son supposedly healed the deaf, the blind, and the lame. Captains of merchant ships often try to have a seventh son on board because legend had it that a ship wouldn't sink with a seventh son on board. I don't know if Willie Maybaugh knew all of that when he sang the song by Willie Dixon, but it sure was lucky for him. It was not his biggest hit. That honor goes to a song called I Don't Know. But he is well remembered for this one, especially around the Moe's Allison household. Moe's covered it, and it's probably his version you heard. But here's the original, Willie Maybone, on the chess record label, and the seventh son. I can do things for you, makes your heart feel glad. I can look in the skies and predict the rain. I can tell when a woman's got another man. I'm the one. I can make you cry for me both day and night. I can heal the sick and raise the dead. And I can wake your little girl's talk out of your head. Beat. I can take you, baby, and hold you 
in my arm and make the place quiver. Lovely bones, I'm the one. He's the one they call the seventh son, Willie Maybone. George Bernard Shaw once said, when our relatives are at home, we have to think of all their good points, or it would be impossible to endure them. Our next selection was written by Richard M. Jones in 1935. We're going to play the version by Cliff Bruner and his Texas Wanderers. And we're going to play this version just because we like Cliff Bruner. Where they are, bring it on home to Grandma. Maids in a folding bed Bring it on home to Grandma Now one turned over to the other and she said Bring it on home to Grandma Oh, bring it on home, ride it on home Bring, bring it on, on home to Grandma Bring it on home to shove it on home And so it gets home to Grandma Bring it on home to Grandma. You better keep your gal away from my back gate. Bring it on home to Grandma. You better bring it on home, ride it on home. Bring it on home to Grandma. Bring it on home, just shove it on home, just so it gets home to Grandma. My gal went huckleberry hunting Bring it on home to Grandma Then she fell down, then I quit hunting Bring it on home to Grandma Oh, bring it on home, ride it on home Bring it on home to Grandma Bring it on home, to shove it on home Just so it gets home to Grandma That was Cliff Brunner and the Texas Wanderers singing a song also recorded by Bill Wyman, Bring It On Home to Grandma. The question I have is, bring what on home to Grandma? This is Team Time Radio Hour. Time is running out. I have some family obligations to fulfill, so I'm going to play just one more song before I get out of town. This is by Sly and the Family Stone. That's from an album called There's a Riot Going On. Sly had been around for a long time. He was a disc jockey and a record producer. He even produced songs like Laugh Laugh by the Bo Brummels before starting the Family Stone. This album presents a very different Sly Stone. He wasn't the happy-go-lucky guy who didn't dance to the music, everyday people, or stand. He wasn't the guy you saw at Woodstock. 
This is a much darker record. Cynical. The sound of milk going sour. It's a weary, skeptical record with a darkness born of drug use. This song was all over the radio, and its power could not be denied. It might have been difficult to make, but the end result was at the top of the charts. You're Sly and the Family Stone. It's a family affair. They just love to learn and another child grows up to be somebody you just love to burn. Mom loves the both of them. You see it's in the blood. Both kids are good and bomb. Blood's thicker than the mud. It's a family affair. Stone, along with the family. A lot of people showed up to help on that record. There's stories of Bobby Womack, Johnny Guitar Watson, the late Ike Tanner, even supposedly Miles Davis coming by. Sly been coming back around lately. His voice was quiet for too long. I hope he's got some more songs in him. We, on the other hand, have no more songs left for this hour. My, that was fun, wasn't it? Doing things together is fun. It can be in your family, too. Whether it's seeing movies, or working and playing together in other ways, as other families do. When everyone does his regular job and helps out by doing extra work, then things go better for the whole family. 
don't they? We're going to leave you for another week. We expect to see you here. And in conclusion, I'm going in with some family wisdom, courtesy of my favorite detective, Charlie Chan. As the noted detective said in the film Charlie Chan's Secret, best place for skeleton is in the family closet. Or as he said in the Chinese cat, once you have large family, all other troubles mean nothing. So until next week, take some time with your family. Cherish them. You're not going to be together forever. Hold your family close while you got them. The moments you have with them are precious and few. We'll see you next week with our new theme right here on Theme Time Radio Hour. Adios. Thanks for listening to Theme Time Radio Hour with your host, Bob Dylan. Produced by Eddie Gorodetsky and the associate producer is Anita Fitzgerald. Continuity is by Eats Martin and the editor is Damian Rodriguez. The supervising editor is Rob McCumber. The research team is Diane Lapson and Bernie Bernstein with additional research courtesy of Lynn Sharon and April Hayes, Callie Glavin, Terrence Michael, Sean Patrick, and Matthew Meltzer. Robert Bauer was the librarian and the production coordinator was Debbie Sweeney. Special thanks go out to Randy Azradi, Coco Shinomiya, Simpsons Diner, and Lee Abrams. Tex Carbone was our director of studio operations. Recorded in Studio B of the historic Abernathy building. Crown jewel in the city's skyline. It's a great water park production in association with Big Red Tree. This is your announcer, Pierre Mancini, speaking. Join us next week when we climb aboard Noah's Ark. Will the circle be unbroken? Fine by, Lord, fine by. There's a theater home waiting in the sky.